0: Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing what three words. Peter, I've got some kind of awareness of what three words. I think I've seen the adverts
1: tell us more about it and maybe then tell us why we're talking about it okay what three words is a online mapping and reference service it it, what it does is it provides a unique reference for unique places on on the earth every every three square meter block on the earth has got Mm. a unique three words and they're Mm. they're all fairly common words and um, they're common words within different languages so different different languages have different different sets of words um, but every sort of place on the earth has a, has a unique reference the idea is that it provides a sort of nice convenient human readable way of referring to a place so you could you could be in the middle of Salisbury Plain and say I'm at Fish Yellow Basket or something like that and, it, and then there would be a You'd be able to pinpoint exactly where you are to within three meters, which is you know enough to find somebody who's unconscious or something like that so the 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 they use the sort of use case of their sales literature kind of site is for that exactly that kind of reference where you can uh provide a over the phone uh you can in natural language you can give three words which indicate where you are and then emergency services could come and find you but also you know other use cases like package deliveries and things like that. So what it does is it provides an alternative to other geographical referencing systems such as lat long or postcodes or addresses like postal addresses that is intended to be convenient. So that's that's what what Three Words is.
0: Okay. So so that's what it is. And um it sounds really good to me. I mean, when I saw the adverts for it, I thought that ah, yeah, that looks cool.
2: Um,
1: why I mean, do not talk? It's, about? A, it's a nice idea. There's, there's a
2: nice, ah. Incidentally, there's no there's no such place as fish yellow basket, but I can get you a fish fellow basket, which is in Lower Silesia. Um, okay, there so we go. Yeah,
1: I just made that one up. Um, so there's a but there, so it is a nice idea. I, I can you can I can totally see the benefit of being able to over the phone quickly give give a reference and you sort of pinpoint exactly where you are. That's the use case yeah. that happens kind of quite regularly, I sense a but coming, but yes, but now there there are some th- there's certain things that I don't like about it there are certain there are certain th- concerns I have about it um but I will come on to them but the, so but the, let's go let's explore why it's a nice idea first oh, oh. so um so in comparison to lat long so lat long can give you any degree of precision that you want. you can just keep oh. adding more decimal places to so your that long um, and get ever more accurate so that's sort of technically better but because it's numbers, num- num- big strings of numbers are quite difficult to remember quite difficult mm. to say mm. um, and you know so that over the, so imagine over the phone you've got a scratchy phone line to, to the emergency services you're dropping the old figure here and there could put you hundreds if not thousands of miles in the wrong place mm. Um, mm. whereas words because they're words they're common words there's a sort of language uh, we, our brains are really good at processing language, especially oh. when we can't really, we, it, 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 and it, even in, even when we can't really hear very well. There's a sort of natural error correction with with spoken language, with spoken words, which oh. we don't have so much with with numbers. So that yeah. that makes it a nice idea. Um, what I don't like about it oh. is that it's a it's a proprietary closed standard. How how these words are allotted to um, space uh, places on the earth oh. is not. Published anywhere, um, oh. and indeed, the, indeed, what three words is a uh, profit-making organization whose job it is to 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 use this algorithm that they've invented that they don't share with anyone to make a profit from it. So they sell this as a service. So it's hmm. free; it's free for basic use. So you can go on the website and use it for free. But if you want to use it for a business, you would have to pay them a license fee to use it. Um, so there's, there's there's inherent problems with that. Especially considering the, the the sort of safety use case where you're trying to locate people in the middle of Dartmoor, um, if your emergency services hasn't paid the license fee or isn't current on the license fee, they won't be able to look up these locations that they're being provided. Well, that's no good. So that, that there are other sort of interesting um, informational kind of constraints or problems with it that I see. That so, for example, I'll just pick two random squares that are somewhere yeah. in London together. So yeah. two adjacent squares, you have. Putty Plug Wished is one. Yeah. And then the very adjacent square is Host Vivid Engine. Okay. So there's no... So within the the, the, the... the We've only moved three meters, but their words are completely unrelated. It's not even like they're
2: in alphabetical order. It's yeah. mental. I think. See, unlike Peter, I think it's a completely terrible idea. And um, I, I do... Obviously, we want to talk about standards and open standards and closed standards. That's that's the interesting that's bit That's really here. what but we'll I talk about. But I think just before... Yeah. Just on the issue, I, I, instead of peter picking random squares i can give you my own address right a pose, amuse pose
1: that a is pose adri- a, a yeah exactly amuse, this pose. is supposed
2: to be easier to read down a phone line yes it's a pose amuse pose that's my, that's pose. my front door right but don't worry because my hallway is float town jump and my front garden is worth mouth ticket it's bonkers i'd say what this is is someone is someone who's only you know lived in their um uh in uh, an office in a cubicle in silicon valley thinking hey i can i can become a millionaire this way um and has also not really thought about wanker git go i i uh <laughs> i mean there's fucked all fucked right off yeah i i don't <laughs> I mean, I, I. Uh, first of all, I mean, it doesn't do Z coordinates, as far as I can tell. So, if you live in a tower block, you are SOL um, because all it'll do is give a sort of rod going all the way through your building. Um, it's not robust any more robust to errors, as far as I can see. It's worse in a way because you know, if you, yeah, if you're sending something to um, that long and you get, you know, the second digit wrong, well, you're going to be in the right you know sort of hundred miles but here you know if you get fish mellow basket instead of fish fellow basket you're going to be uh, thousands of miles away in the wrong country so there's no indication of proximity it's really i mean and the other thing you obviously can't use it for anything machine readable it's much worse um than even an address in some ways and and
1: that's that's the sort of number there of their um business model is you have to use their service to look up. Yeah, so I mean, mean, given that that it's
2: the kind of thing Peter and I could sit down and probably write an alternative to this, uh, you know, using uh, free dictionaries in about 25 minutes it's baffling that that anything got this far and got as much press as it did yeah um, there are, there, but are no, some the fun
1: g- al- there are some fun alternatives so what three birds uses <laughs> british bird names <laughs> and that's an open standard and then what yeah. three words is a slightly more serious example but yeah so people have what, producer alternatives
0: to so it, but also it sounds like you know um it's it's the kind of thing that's been developed in um in a vacuum, more or less, it's, you know, it's been walled off. And because one of the advantages of, of of doing things in a more open manner and de- developing in an open manner is, you get greater sort of you get a, a greater breadth of input, right? And yeah, um, yeah. and so this, the sorts of issues that we're talking about, if that's being developed differently or was able to adapt in an open way. Then you could get around these things, or these things. I mean, am I?
2: This is what we're talking. Yeah, about, I right? mean, that's, that's the thing. That I, I was going see. to ask Peter. Right. It seems to me this is, it's 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 quite ironic, but there's no standard definition of an open standard. So I'm just wondering what whether Peter's got a favourite definition because it seems there's hundreds, there's loads. Yeah, of it's different.
1: It, it's it, uh, well, it's it's not really sort of a definition per se, but the, yeah, there are there are lots of different. Different uh, standards-defining organizations will define an open standard differently. But uh, but I- in essence, what I mean by an open standard is one that um, how it works and how you use it is free public information that's fully open. So there'll be GitHub pages which, which actually provide you with code, which instantiates the algorithm. There'll be documents that describe how that works. Um, and there will be... Uh, um, there'll probably be a community around it or maybe not but that, that that's the minimum for a sort of open standard um basically it's, it's the absence of any proprietary license that you must pay for or agree to in order to use it um and certainly the absence of any cost uh, of using it
2: but but also i think the uh there's also so i think a lot of open standards have a kind of open participation don't they so that you know the, that if the standards need to change or be added to that's a fairly sort of public process that mm. that outsiders can join in <laughs> whereas you know you're at the whim really of of what three words if they decide to change what they're doing or in a way that doesn't suit your need or, <clears throat> or you know like they you, you mentioned different languages i mean what a nightmare that your address in french is different to your address in english that's yes yeah. I mean, you know and you've got no control over that you just can't
0: so so look, let, let, let's get down to this. I mean, what we really want to talk about is open standard versus mm. closed standard, right? Yeah, which is better? Yeah, and um, you know we're we're about a third to a half of the way through this already. So uh, where do you want to go with this? I mean, all I, I mean the only thing I can think of immediately that sort of the I mean, closed standards that and if this is the right thing is Apple is famous for, mm. for doing this stuff, particularly let's say iTunes and so on. And whenever I've tried to music move music away from um, iTunes, and I haven't used it for more than a decade now for specifically this reason. It's just such a faff and so difficult
2: to do that because of all the blocks that are in place yeah. effectively. I, and This I mean, is kind
0: of what we're talking about in a I, way, I th- isn't it?
2: I think things weirdly it seems that things tend to open up as they go along so there's quite a lot of open standards so there's the world wide web um wow. usb html there are things that are you know uh, mp3 i think in most countries and, and obviously things like t- text files and csv files um but even things like i think Mike, the windows api for a long time was um was cl- was closed uh, but i think it's now open um and uh, obviously, like printer cartridges, it's a similar example where, um, you know, it used to be, I think it was illegal at one point to sell, uh, you know, things that were compatible with your Epson printer. Now all that happens is my Epson printer nags me mercilessly if I put in a non-Epson uh, cartridge. But also the same with K- K-Cup, you know, the Nespresso cartridge thing. That That is now um, effectively an open standard. I think anyone can manufacture those. Um and so I, th- I think over time things uh, you know tend to become open. But the uh, yeah you mentioned Apple. I mean they're famous for it, right? <clears throat> so is it good business? I think that's the first thing we I, I'd be interested in. Is you know is is it actually a good? Everyone wants what's called vendor lock-in, right? This is a really mm-hmm. good way of getting vendor lock-in. If there's a standard that only you can use, you know even down to Apple's flipping screwdrivers which you know you can only open their things with proprietary apple screwdrivers i mean it's all massively apple only you know the whole thing but you know their share price is up um you know has gone up by a factor of five over the last five years whereas google which is a lot more open has only gone up by a factor of three so you know is it working for them i don't know why it it would be
1: well investors love patent-based economic rents so if you can sort of get some, if you can, if you can patent something or put a copyright on something and make it popular, that's a very investable proposition because you have exclusivity there. Uh, you you have to go to that vendor to get that thing, and, and investors love that. That's a really kind of classic investor model. Um, and I think, but uh, your point that yeah, I think that lots of things do tend to open up. So a standard will develop often around a proprietary. Software solution, or a tool, or a or a, or a way of process of doing things, as and as more people adopt it, the, it becomes constrained by that single sort of point of, of 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 purchase, and many companies see the benefit of actually then opening that standard up to in, to invite other suppliers to provide services around their products, or indeed. Other products around their service that they want to provide around that that standard, so that so so it, it applies. It works in certain situations to be profit making to actually open things up, so somewhat counterintuitively, but it really. I think it really boils down to that sort of protectionist. If I'm making money out of this thing, and I can charge people to use it. I'll keep doing that because that's nice, easy, safe. Yeah,
2: I think it is a high risk. Obviously, it's a high risk strategy. I mean, what three words is doomed to fail? Anyone can see that. Um, But, you know, you can see why uh, they might have. I mean, you know, if they they hadn't been, if they'd have said, well, we're going to open this algorithm up and then anyone can use it. Arguably, it would have stood a slightly higher chance of taking off and becoming the you know, becoming the, the the thing that everyone used. It wouldn't, but I mean, let's pretend that it had a higher chance, at least if they'd done that. Then, um, you know, then then they would have got some of that business. There would have been a pie that they would have had a small slice of instead of 100% and nothing, which is what they, they're effectively going to get. Um, I, I VHS versus Betamax is quite a, an interesting one. Oh. Everyone says Betamax was better, right? <laughs> but But the interesting thing is that Betamax was a closed standard, right? Very closed in the sense that Sony uh, uh, wouldn't let anyone else manufacture it, whereas Philips, uh, sorry, JVC licensed other manufacturers to make VHS format machines. And, of course, VHS took off because of things like price competition and, you know, manufacturers innovating in a way that JVC couldn't do by themselves. And, um, you know, of course, JVC benefited from that in a way that Sony and their whole Betamax branch didn't. And, uh, we, you know, in, in 1988, Sony finally started manufacturing their own VHS machines and everyone said, that's it, it's the death of Betamax. And, of course, the last Betamax machine, as we, as we know, was produced in 2002. Can you believe that who was buying Betamax machines in two thousand and two baffling, so yeah, I mean there's a situation where you know being more open, not totally open it wasn't free to use as it was still had to license it, but being open um you know helps helped j v c um same uh, but and, uh, there's other situations where it's not quite as clear cut that the open standard was. More successful but you know one out in the end not necessarily the person who kind of invented it that's the downside so with edison cylinders versus discs you know disc records you know records you remember them um the disc format obviously won but uh edison's cylinder format disappeared but edison ended up producing them because you know he was able to dominate the market um dvd is another example i think dvd was was proprietary Philips developed a, a thing called VCD, which I think was a more open format. But the film industry refused to let people put films on it because you could record it at home. Uh, that was before DVD and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, so it's, it's not I, I don't th- I mean, it's. I, I would say that as a business strategy going for vendor lock in, going for being close is a really high risk. You've got to pull it off. If you if you do, then it's great. But it is like a very high risk, high reward strategy, um, and I, I, don't, I think it's not obvious to me that it's better.
1: Uh, you know, mm. there <laughs> are, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think yeah. I, I think. What do you want out of life? You know, there's definitely certainly in the when you're in the early days of a standard, it, there's, there's a case to be made for making it proprietary because you then you can you can centralize a small community of developers to 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 make it better and make make it. You know, promote it, but there's a the, but it as you say, Nick, it, it, it's probably not a very scalable model because you you can't then have a marketplace of vendors providing services and 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 products around that around that thing as freely as you would with with an open standard. But apart apart from the but apart from the sort of technical and business um, constraints, there's a sort of there's a sort of sense of, of there's a moral objection to mm. it as well. Is because it uh, closed standards. Big, big, big companies, Facebooks and the Googles and the and the Apples, they can they can they can create a standard before breakfast, and they can sort of in, they can over the months and years kind of impose it on their user base. Um, so it, it the standards do benefit the incumbents if it's a, if it's fully if it's closed or very highly proprietary. Um, it doesn't it doesn't allow uh, it doesn't allow competitors. to to come into the market doesn't allow it blocks the innovation by third parties so there's a sort of moral objection to it as well
2: yeah i feel like it's a fragile a fragile possession though isn't it a a monopoly based on a closed standard It's, it's it feels like a vulnerable a vulnerable proposition it's not you're not there because what you're selling is better. You're there because what you're selling is the thing that um, yeah, everyone has to use because they've yeah. got no choice. And all it all it takes is, you know, an incumbent to come up with something a bit better, a bit cheaper, um, you know, and innovators will, will try and adopt it. Um, I mean, I mean, t- yeah, I, if you t- phrase your example of Apple, I mean, that's one of the reasons I detest Apple as a country, uh, company i really, really like, and, and I detest the fact they have a fanatical following. It baffles me that so many people mm. can, can appear to feel that they have a kind of personal relationship with this soulless company, um, you know, which survives entirely on marketing as far as I can see. And, um, and I, yeah, I've, I use a thing called media monkey, which is like a, you know, paid for uh media management thing but it you do everything you say it's all you've got total control over it the the idea of having uh, you know of having apple tell me whether or not i can listen to my own file which i've paid for on mm. you know on another machine is infuriating hey listen by the way I, there's only one thing that's
0: more annoying than apple fanboys right which is Apple haters, okay? Because oh, I, I just get so fed up. That's right? what they want you to wait, think Wait, no, no, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nearly
0: everything I possess in terms of gadgets and so on is Apple, right? No, yeah, well, no, you, no, you're no, wait, wait, no, 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 the Kool Aid. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's an, the iKool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of it is just because, actually, for my work, <laughs> I, this everything from my work that is given to me is is an apple anyway, right? But when you're a creative like me, that's you know it's just. Way it that. It? Why? But why
2: I'm, have creatives yeah, yeah, I, no, yeah. that's
0: I, also, that's what I, that's know. Why I Is it because they don't know how sort of to stuff. use computers? That's, that's, that's why I love saying that because as soon as I say
2: that, everyone goes oh. You, you no, just no, 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 that. no. But why? But but, I, I'm but just. I want to. I do want to probe on this. I is do Apple make things that are better for creators or is it simply that creators can't be bothered to learn how to use a real computer what's the answer because everyone says it oh yeah i've got an iMac because i'm a because i'm a designer well it, is it better is it no i don't bloody know because it's budget no, hardware at premium I, prices no no
0: no no, no listen <laughs> listen listen what i do know is if we take the example of of a tablet let's say is i do know that picking up a um what, what what apple tablet's called forgot <laughs> i iPads iPad thank you yeah picking up an iPad and just starting to use it i find way much easier than um, than any other tablet yeah um, you like a little kid oh i'm just poking it and it's no, doing no. something awesome. and this is just and this is and but when it comes to like tech geeks like you lot um as soon as we get into this sort of conversation, you go, "Oh, but this one's got this many gigabytes and RAMs, and and it's got the it's got the flange gidget here." And oh, what you're so stupid you don't have. To. It almost gets down to a conversation about grads from tech degrees just get all kind of oh you know just because you studied english literature you're you know you don't know what you're on about right and it's just because those like engineering types just can't get laid at university and they're just jealous of all the of all the arts guys just like shagging all over note, the place note the, app, How? Note,
1: the app, note the apple fanboys resulted in ad hominem attacks <laughs> yes <Yeah, that's> classic <laughs> um
0: so anyway i just wanted to get all that out of the way right look where are we on this we need to finish shortly i don't quite understand i mean all we've said so far right is closed is sort of okay if you're starting up although you're going to be compa- competing against as you said Peter, people like facebook etc who can develop stuff closed in-house really quickly one that but if you can start it off uh closed in that's better uh, for investor locking i think you said um and two there's something slightly morally objectable to that but well, three, it's also- over- let me just finish over yeah, three God. overall open source is better but what, what what have we said? I mean, that, I mean, that is that it.
2: I, I sorry, there isn't an, a good a kind of solid economic argument against kind of closed anything really, <clears throat> which is that. Um you know, from an economic perspective, effectively, you have a kind of prisoner's dilemma. Um, let's say you've got VHS and Betamax, uh, you know, fighting it out, and they're, they're just spending a lot, they, they are fighting over the same market share and, and wasting money. It's, it's, you know, what's known as rent-seeking, um, where they're, there's not, they're not adding value through this activity, because all they want to do is increase their market share. Um, you know, the in the same situation where you had both of them Producing the same, effectively the same standard, but but able to compete on in in the same market through things like quality uh, and price, then you are going to get better outcomes. You are going to get more efficient outcomes. So so there is an economic argument. There is mean, nothing you can't make it illegal for people to invent a closed standard, but you know, I in a way, I think as consumers, we should. We have a kind of obligation to ourselves to to try and choose the thing with the open standard if we can because it makes us worse off if we if we if we keep buying you know products from companies i don't want to get into that whole debate again but you know products from companies where you have to buy their screwdriver uh to, un, uh, to undo the bloody thing. i've never bought a bloody apple screwdriver in my life
0: i don't even know what it is
2: anyway
1: no, there, there, a, there was a related topic not not particularly picking on apple again but there is a there is a there's a movement, particularly in America and in the and in the EU as well, which is called right for repair, uh, right or right to repair. So um, it's it's rea- a reaction to commercial um, consumer products, the iPhones, the iPads, the whatever PCs that you buy, being designed to fail or being have designed you know having planned obsolescence that are built in and them being designed in such a way that repairing them is more expensive or impossible than oh. just replacing it, right? So, um, the I think there's a recent ruling in the EU that um, that computer hardware, sort of computer units, so if you buy a whole laptop or a whole desktop, it's got to be designed in such a way that it will last 10 years. And that, that in order to make that happen, you've, it's got to be sort of repairable. So you've got to be able to swap out the hard disk or change the battery and that sort of thing. Um, now that's sort of that. That's being fiercely resisted by the big tech companies for obvious reasons, because Apple and others make lots of money by controlling the entire supply chain for the entire manufacturer but also the repair chain. So you can't get an iPhone fixed just anywhere. You have to go to a proper Apple supplier, uh, Apple approved developer, uh, uh, repair shop. Now they they'll say that that's because they can control quality. That's that that would be their their line. But actually, it's really just to control everything, so that they 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 get license fees, and they, they there's not of proliferation of genuine parts being put into fake phones and vice versa and things. So um, yeah, so that, that so that, that that's that's an interesting related topic. It's sort of topical. Hey, something just occurs to me. We need to wrap up shortly, but something. We, we, we can go here
0: or
2: not we don't need to talk about this but aren't you at Aleph Insights you develop proprietary stuff right not really I don't think we've got any we're not in possession of any standards where people have to come to us in order to understand what our report means I don't it's not I, you know we, we we things we publish you don't No, I wouldn't say we are no? I I think what about we, your ARGA project <laughs>
1: was it ARGA is that right so well that's yeah well I think there's a distinction between intellectual property and open standards yeah you're right i mean
2: i mean you know i guess we've probably uh published how more or less how it works and it's only based on stuff which is you know if you like public domain anyway
1: our instance of how it works is is proprietary is proprietary your what sorry your what our instantiation of the, the 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 concept is uh is is private to us it's our property but the idea is something that we 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 wouldn't or couldn't patent okay
2: think of it like a book fraser that in order to read great expectations by charles dickens you do need to buy a copy of great expectations by charles dickens but you'll find that the words he uses are very much words that you're allowed to use and what is it, it with you- us this morning
0: why are we so bloody argumentative why are you trying to piss I'm me not. off? i just think it's a good analogy <laughs> you started it <laughs> yeah. no you started it. okay look i i don't have anything pithy to finish off on are we okay with that is that all right yeah yeah that's okay. good all right we're going to stop there if you've got any thoughts or suggestions for topics you can email us at podcast at we'd love to hear from you um, also if you've enjoyed the podcast what should people do what should listeners do nick smash that like button yeah smash that like button so don't forget to like and follow us on your chosen streaming service so thank you as always for listening to the cognitive engineering podcast i'm fraser McGrew. we've been here with nick Hare and peter coghill of Aleph insights until next time goodbye <laughs>